Hey, by the way, this is two times out of the year, just because I love you, it's the only reason, just because I love you, is I'm going to put the passage up on the screen because we know there's a lot of new people. So we do it on Christmas Eve, and we also do it on Easter Sunday. Man, this credit card's tempting. Put it away, Steve. Um, and we also do it on Easter, just in case anybody didn't bring their Bible to church. But if you're a regular attender of New Life, uh, how many know you bring your Bible to church, right? If you're in construction, it would be kind of lame if you didn't bring your construction tool belt on the job site tomorrow. And if you're, uh, if you're a cheerleader, you got to make sure you bring the pom-poms to the Friday night football game. And if you're a football player, you got to make sure you got your helmet. And how many know that we're followers of Jesus? So we bring our Bible to church. Amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. And um, we have a tradition. Actually, we've got a few. We stand for the reading of the Word of God. And so if you would be so kind to stand to your feet. I know you just sat down and took your shoes off. Uh, I'm asking you to put them back on for the sake of your neighbor uh, and for the atmosphere and the ambiance of this room. Put them back on. And uh, please stand to your feet. We're going to read God's Word. How many are grateful for the Word of God? Man, this, this book has totally changed my life. And I was mentioning, having been raised in a Catholic church, I don't know if I ever read the Bible when I was raised Catholic. And then I, I got saved in 1985. I'll tell you more about my testimony at the end of the service. And, and then somebody gave me a Bible, and I just started reading it, like, ferociously. Not like a verse a day to keep the devil away. I'm talking about, like, an entire book of the Bible. I, just, I would wake up, I'm just reading Exodus today, 40 chapters. I want to read Genesis, 50 chapters, and I was just reading, 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 and the Word of God is powerful, and the Bible says it's living and powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, so it's able to cut between that which is flesh, carnal, and that which is the Spirit of God, and uh, it corrects us. How many need some correction? Raise your hand. Yeah, I do too, and I need to be corrected and challenged, and so we, we come to the Word of God, and the Word of God has so many answers for our life, and it brings a lot of hope to us, Amen. And uh, so if you don't have your Bible, it tells me you're new. Welcome here. It's awesome to have you. Uh, just go ahead and look at the screen, Mark chapter 16. Uh, verse 1, it says, When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome, the lady that they named uh, Deli Meat after. <laughs> come on, come on. Salome, Salami. Oh, okay, I get it, Pastor. All right, we'll try it again. When the Sabbath, and please laugh when we get to that part. It'll make me feel better. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene married the mother of G James and Salome. Uh, yeah, good, good. Notice what they did. They bought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise. They were on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, great question, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Some would say miracle. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. One translation says sh uh, shocked. Another translation says they were surprised. Someone say surprise. That's going to come in in a little bit. Don't be alarmed. Don't be shocked. Don't be surprised, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. Get a little run at it, another chance. You guys didn't do that well. I'll give you another run at it. Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. Yeah. Amen. And, and did you do that in the church you grew up in? And then, and so the pastor would say, he has risen. And everybody would say, yeah, he has risen indeed. So uh, that's awesome. So he was crucified. He has risen. That's why we came to church today, right? 
to celebrate the risen Savior. Amen. Lord, thank you for the Word of God, the people of God. The Holy Spirit is in this place. We sense him. We sensed him during worship, and we sense him in this place, tugging on our heart and drawing us to Jesus. And God, we ask that you would take your rightful place as the King of kings and the Lord of lords and speak to your people today because we need to be adjusted. We need to be corrected. We need to be aligned to the Word of God. Thank you that we come to church today not for a religious exercise, not to check a box of things that we need to do on Easter weekend, but we came here to celebrate the risen Savior, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So bless the reading, the hearing, and the application of your word. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that loves the Lord said, Check this out. This has been going good today. I want you to turn to your neighbor. You can, whatever neighbor you want, your favorite one of the two. And uh, here's what I want you to tell them. Just encourage them on Easter. Just say, hey. I'm not done yet, though. You got to say, hey. And if it's a girl, just say, hey, girl. Or, hey, girl. Just say, this is going to be cool. I just say, hey, it looks like you, you lost some weight. No, 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 that's a good thing. Yeah. It looks like you lost some weight. That's a, that's a good thing on Easter, man. This is good news. Yeah. Just it looks like you lost some Yeah, okay. Now you can be seated. Now you can be seated. Um, yeah. I just thought, I thought it'd be cool to be positive on Easter. Like, even if we have to lie a little bit, you look great. Great on that outfit. You dropped like 20 pounds. That's great, great. By the way, by the way, every January 1st of every year, because you know there's a verse in Luke 2.52 that says that Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. So he grew in wisdom. He, he, he educationally or mentally smarter. He grew in wisdom. Stature, he grew physically. So I always write down some physical goals that I have. He grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God spiritually. Do you have any spiritual goals for 2021? And, uh, and then he grew stature in favor with man, so socially, relationally. And every year I just I sit down January 1st, write down some goals. And can I share one of the ones I had, just a physical goal that I had? My goal was to lose 20 pounds in 2021. Is that good? Well, I thought I would get more, like, I thought I'd get like, cool, or yeah, awesome. Let's try that again, because you're, I, I thought you would already have been awake for like five hours, and, uh, but we'll give you another, so I thought it would be cool to like lose 20 pounds in 2021. Thank you, thank you. So you're like, how, how's it going? What's the update? Well, I just got to tell you, April 4th, here we are three months in, and I've got 30 pounds to go. <laughs> That's pretty funny, I think. I'm going to laugh, even if you don't laugh. Uh, man, I, I've, I've, this week in my preparation, I was praying a lot and reading Mark 16. I, I bet you I read this passage 25 times in the NIV. I read it a few times in the New Living Translation, the ESV, the New American Standard, the Amplified, the Message. I just kept reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it. And I preached from this passage, I don't know, seven or eight times over the 30 years that I've been a pastor. And because I have all my sermons chronologically. And, and then I, I read it, read, 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 read. And the Lord just like, sh- just showed me three things. Boom, boom, boom. I want you to preach this to my people. And so it's really a conversation between me and the Lord, but I just thought I would invite you in on the conversation, and I'm glad that you came today. Anybody interested in hearing the three things that God put on my heart for you? Okay, so for the seven people that lifted their hands, this is for the eight of us here. And I think it'd be cool if you would write these things down. We have notes that we provided or a phone or however you take notes. I think it's really important because the Air Force did a study years ago, and they said that we forget... uh, 95% of what we hear on Sunday will forget 72 hours later. So Wednesday, uh, you're going to talk to your friends, and they're like, how was Easter? You're like, awesome. What did the pastor preach on? You're like, I don't know. And, uh, but if you write it down, they say that you're able to retain the information better. So that's why we take notes, and we 
are proponents of that. So three things, ready? Three things that I discovered in the, in the life of the three ladies, Mary, Mary, and Salome. And uh, here's the first thing I want to preach on. Ready? Point number one, I noticed in the text, especially in verse one, their sorrow, their sorrow. Write that down. Number one, their sorrow. Someone say sorrow. And, and how I got that is that Mark chapter 16, verse one says, when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome bought spices. Just stop right there. They bought spices. They're the original Spice Girls. <laughs> they, they, bought, they, they bought spices and then we're to discover they, not only did they buy those sp- spices, they brought them to Jesus. Can I just stop for a second and preach a sermon inside of a sermon? Because do you know in the, in the Bible that women were kind of looked down upon in the culture? They were second class citizens. The ladies are going to like this part of the sermon. But check this out. Who bought the spices? Who brought the spices? And who showed up at the tomb early the next morning? And all the ladies said? Yeah. Yeah. You know what that teaches me? That teaches me you got to be really careful to not judge people because sometimes God will use people that you never thought he would use. And let's give kudos in the story to the three ladies that said, I want to buy something for God, bring it to God, and have a proper burial for the King of Kings. I want to know, where were the disciples at? Where were the men at? Ladies are getting too excited about this point right here. I'll just move on right here. But anyhow, they came to the tomb, and when they came to the tomb, the king was crucified. The Savior was slain. Now listen, they've been following him for years and ministering to him for years. And they saw, they washed his feet and they saw him multiply loaves and fish. And, and he was the Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And now they're coming to an empty tomb where the Son of God is dead. Does this relate to anybody in the house? What a disappointing last 12 months we've experienced. I told you just a couple of weeks ago, pre-COVID, our church was cranking three services, 3,000 people rocking and rolling, and then COVID decides to make a visit. And all hell has broken loose. Not only in our church, every church worldwide, not just nationwide. And my wife was just telling me a couple weeks ago, at this time two years ago, the first Sunday in March in 2019, we had 3,000 people. The same Sunday two years later, we had 700 and change. You want to talk about disappointment? You want to talk about depression? Some people moving away. Some people won't come to church for a lot of different reasons. Some are good reasons. They've got elderly people, and and I get it. But, man, we are a fraction of what we were two years ago. You want to talk about disappointment? And I'm telling you, I'm preaching to some people right now. You've been disappointed. Some people, you've been at your job 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Who would have thought during COVID, boom, you lost your job? My heart breaks for restaurant owners. Building a business. Investing in a business and the whole thing shuts down. Many of those businesses will never open again. So I know what it's like to be disappointed and, and down and dejected like these three ladies. Where, my, my Savior is dead. Oh, everything I put my trust in, my faith in, he is in the grave. How could this happen? And think about it, like I said, I've said this a couple, I can't even imagine. Because I was such a spaz as a kid. You're not surprised, are you? I, I can't imagine sitting behind a screen for eight hours a day doing schoolwork. Drive-by graduations? You kidding me? And then the parents have to not only work a job and you got to teach your kids? How do you do that? I would strangle my kids. That's hard. 
And I think we've all experienced some sense of disappointment and discouragement over the last 12 months. So I can identify with the three women in the story. You know, right when COVID hit, like the epicenter initially was in Seattle, Washington. We had a beautiful couple in our church. We're up there for a funeral and they came back and they got hit hard with COVID. In ICU, one of them was, he was in ICU. She had COVID. She couldn't even go visit him. I couldn't go visit because they weren't let anybody in, in the hospital. You want to talk about disappointment? Just people losing their jobs, losing loved ones, people in our church who has people that they're, that, that they're that relatives and friends that they've died and it's been hard. It's been hard for everybody. And here's, here's the good news. God identifies with our sorrow and sadness. In fact, check this. This is one of my favorite verses in Psalm 30, verse 5. Psalm 30, verse 5 says, Weeping or sorrow may last for the night, but what comes in the morning? Joy comes in the morning. I want to prophesy over your life right now. I don't know what kind of week or month or year you've had. It might have been the worst year of your life. It might have been really, really dark and really, really lonely and very, very discouraging and disappointing. And you might have even got to the point of depression. I prophesy over your life in the name of Jesus. Listen, although you've gone through a dark season, joy is coming in the morning. And I'm believing and I'm praying. Come on, somebody help me preach this message right now. I'm believing that God's gonna reverse the, the script in your life. Your story is not over. And I want to tell you, you might be disappointed now, joy's coming in the morning. You might be discouraged now, joy's coming in the morning. Your marriage might be on the brinks today, but I'm declaring wholeness and healing in the name of Jesus Christ. You might have got a bad diagnosis or a prognosis. I declare your season is turning around. Think about a little baby. Before that baby comes out of the womb and into the light, they spend nine months in darkness. Listen, the reason why you're going through a dark time is God is... He's preparing you. God is preparing you for something you have never dreamt or imagined. Ephesians 3.20, I declare it over your life in Jesus' name. God will do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Don't give up in your discouragement and your disappointment and your depression. Don't give up. God's not done with you. They were sorrowful and they were sad. And how many know three days later, God, we're going to discover God comes out of the grave. Their sorrow, their sorrow. By the way... I have a tendency, I don't know, you're probably a lot more spiritual than me, but I have a tendency when I'm going through a hard time, a dark time, I wait till I get out of that dark time to give God praise. But I've discovered that God wants to give me praise in the middle of the darkness. I want to be like Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16. They were chained to some prison guards and they were, they were in prison on a trumped up charge and they just made a decision at midnight, I'm going to worship God in the middle of the dark. How about this? Why don't we take nine and a half seconds right now and give God praise in the middle of the darkness? Come on, let's put our hands together. God, we give you praise in the middle of the darkness. We thank you, God, that we're coming out of the darkness. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Forgive me, forgive us for waiting till we get out of the darkness to give you praise. We give you praise right now. There's sorrow. Number two, there's search. There's search. Someone say their search. Come on, type it into the chat right now, their search, their search. That's the second thing that God put in my heart, their search. Um, you know, we have three kids, 27, 25, 23. Our son's 23. Uh, probably 20 years ago, I was at lunch with a pastor friend, and my wife calls me, and she's frantic. And she says, I, we, it was a summer day, summer afternoon, and the kids were at home, and she, we lost our son. No, but he's found. He's on our staff right now. <laughs> Jenna. 
you know my son. Why would you say, oh my God? Like, no, he's, we, spoiler alert, we found him. Um, she, you grew up right around the, the street. Well, come on, anyhow. Um, so anyhow, she's like freaking out and I can't find him anywhere. And I'm like, no, he's, he's probably, because they're in and out of the house, in the backyard, in the front yard, in the garage. And, and, and um, so, no, we can't. I said, no, you need to look everywhere. Like, because we had a two-story house. I look in the closets upstairs. And the kid's everywhere. He's just a spasm. Like, under the bed and the closet. Like, look everywhere. Cupboards underneath the sink. And then she looked. Another 10 minutes, she calls me. I can't find him anywhere. And then I'm freaking out. Because our next-door neighbor has a swimming pool. And for whatever reason, their gate didn't close all the way. And I'm like, dear God, did he? He didn't. He's on our staff. Remember I said that earlier? So we're like, <gasps> And, but I was freaking out. I'm like, I left the lunch right then, and I get home. And uh, right when I got home, she was like freaking out. And she's like, I found him. I found him. Like, where was he? And, and he got into the garage. And on the side of the garage, we have this wall there. And we have a little sofa table. And uh, there's a blanket over the sofa table. And he lifted up the blanket, and he was tired. He laid down there, and he put the blanket over himself to take a nap. <sighs> I thought we lost him. And I got to be honest, sometimes I wish that we would have. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But here's the good news. Ready? We found him. We found him. We found him. Now, check out in the text, verse 2 and 3. The Bible goes on to say, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were, notice this phrase, they were on their way. They were, they were searching. They were seeking on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away? Now, remember what they bought? For the barrel, what did they buy again? Spices. So they bought it and they brought it. Check this out. They had spices, but they said, who's going to roll away the stone? They had spices. They didn't have strength. I got spices. I don't have, have you ever felt like that? I got one thing, but I need something else. I got, I know this. People in our church, they graduated from a prestigious college. I got the degree. I got a diploma. Can't get a job. I got, I got the time. I'm not getting an opportunity. So they got the spices, who's going to roll away the stone? And we've all felt like that at times where we got one thing, but we need someone else. Now, look, who will roll away the stone? Same story, Mark 16, is also found in Matthew, Luke, and John. But then I started to read other versions, and I got to Matthew chapter 28, verse 2. Same story, but it adds another piece to it. Here's what Matthew 28, 2 says. There was a violent earthquake for an angel. You got you to follow along. It's so good. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb. The angel came down going to the tomb. Where was the angel going? And he rolled back the stone. So here it is. The angel came down from heaven, and he was going to the tomb. At the same time, the three ladies woke up really early in the morning and they were going to the tomb. But at the same time they were going to the tomb, the angel had already beat them to the tomb. Here's what God told me to tell you. God is already working on what you're worried about. God is working on what you're worried about. God is working on what you're, how you feel weakened. God is worrying or working as you're walking, as you're waking. He's already working behind the scenes. Check it out. Turn to your neighbor and say, listen, God already sent an angel to help you out. God sent an angel to help you out. Listen, your angel is on the way. Your answer is on the way. Praise God for the search, the search, the search, the search. Who's going to get me out of this financial mess? God is going to do it. 
Who's, man, 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 we've been married 10 years and we stood at the altar and we thought it would be for forever and this, this marriage hangs in the balance. I don't know if we're going to make it. Who's going to get me through? God's going to get you through. We raised our kids in the church and, and they were coming to church and they, they memorized verses and they were sold out and following Jesus during youth ministry and they want nothing to do with him anymore. Who's going who's gonna to turn them around? God's going to turn them around. And I just got another bad diagnosis. The doctor said it was bad now, but now it's actually getting worse. Who's going to turn this physical issue around? God's going to do it. Man, I'm in a financial mess. Yes, I lost my job. I've been trying to get other jobs. i got resumes all over the place. Who's going to get me out of this? God's going to get you out of this mess. The same angel that rolled away the stone 2,000 years ago for three women is the same angel that's going to help you get through your issue in the name of Jesus. I declare it. Their search. I love this verse, Deuteronomy 4.29 on the screen. It says, but from there you will search again for the Lord your God. And if you search for him with all your heart and soul, you will what? You know, I read a study this week. Check this out. They asked thousands of people in America, what are you searching for? What are you searching for? Ready for the top four answers? Number one, I'm searching for love and acceptance. Number two, I'm searching for purpose and meaning. Number three, I'm searching for happiness. And number four, I'm searching for peace. Searching, 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 searching. Hey, remember this game we used to play? Um, what is it called when somebody hides something and then you say, go, and it's like, you're getting warmer, warmer. I don't know if it has a name, but I... Um, so people are looking for love and acceptance, purpose and meaning, happiness, peace. And where are they searching for those things? Let me get on Instagram and, oh, did they, did they, did they like that photo? Did they, did they follow me back? Did they, did they follow me? Let me check out Facebook. Steve, this is your third time preaching. And how many people, how many people that came to the service either live or watching online, how many people thought it was like a great sermon because I'm searching for their approval and their satisfaction. So I, I got to find out. We get on TikTok and for the old people, we get on MySpace and what, what are they saying about me? And, and, and I hope that, will they like me? Will they follow me? Will they add me? Will they, and we're looking for, so, the game was like hotter, 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 hotter. So here, we're, we're like on the search to try to find those four things. So we're like, oh, warmer. Okay, you're getting a little warmer. Warmer, warmer, warmer. You're really hot. You're, you're in fuego. Now, I would say just the opposite. I would say, I would say like cold, colder, really cold, Alaska. It's freezing. It's freezing. That's what you get with that. How about this? How about this? Warmer. Warmer. Steve, you're getting really warm. It's warm. Really warm. Warmer. 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 You're hot. You're on fire. Not, not this. Not this. Because if you are trying to find satisfaction from people, you're going to have to keep going back to them for validation. So if you're looking for acceptance and satisfaction from people, you're going to have to keep going back to them for, no, no, put the phone away, and here's what the Word of God says. So let's just go through those four things. People are looking for love and acceptance. The Bible says God is love. 
So just like stop your search, God is love. And if you're a Christian, he says you're already accepted in the beloved. You're accepted. You don't have to perform for him. You don't have to placate for other people. It has nothing to do with your past. God's like, no, I already accept you as you are. I know, but you know, I've really messed up. I had an abortion. I killed someone. doesn't matter. You're accepted in the beloved. So that's it. That's what the word of God says. Not my phone, not social media, not what people say. Number two, purpose and meaning. What is, if you were to ask the average person, hey, why are we here? Uh, I don't know. But the word of God tells us. He says in Jeremiah 29, 11, I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to bless you and prosper you. Here it is. First Corinthians says, whether you eat or drink, work, go to school, play sports, doctor, nurse, fireman, you do it all to the glory of God. I'm here, not just as a pastor, you're here, I'm here for the glory of God and to win other people to Jesus Christ, to share the love of God, to make disciples. That's why I'm here. Check it out. The two most important days of your life. Number one, your birthday. Huh? When were you born? Say it. For me, March 4th, 19th, huh? 65, I'm old. So that was an important day, but the second one is even more important than my B day is my Y day. When I discovered why I'm here. I'm not just here to take up space. I'm here to glorify God in all that I say, all that I do. If, listen, if you're a computer person, you go to work every day for the glory of God. So people say, there's something different about you. You're here to, for the glory of God and to, to share the love of Jesus with other people. That's why you're here. What, the third thing, happiness. God's like, by the way, do you know happiness comes from the word happenstance? And it's based on conditions. So it's like Disneyland, we had a great time at Disneyland. It was awesome. Then you got to leave Disneyland. Hawaii, we've been to, I've been to Hawaii like 10 times. It's amazing. But you know what the worst part of Hawaii is? Getting on the plane to go home. <laughs> got to go back to work tomorrow, stick, right? Because ha- happiness based on circumstances. No, but God's like, no, I got w- way better than happiness. How about the joy? Joy, I'll give you joy. Joy is an inside job. You can put me in prison like the Apostle Paul. I'm still going to walk in joy because the joy of the Lord is my strength. So joy, and here's the last thing. You want peace? I promise you, it's not found in social media, it's not found in partying, it's not found with sleeping around, it's not found at the bar, it's not found in any of those places. You want peace? Jesus said, I am the Prince of Peace. So stop searching, he is the answer for all the four things that I mentioned that people are searching for. How many many loved our worship set, by the way? Man, I love that. And I, I love the song, I love the song, Graves into Gardens. Check this out. I searched the world, but it couldn't. Can anybody say amen to that? Yeah, I've tried this, I tried that. I thought, man, I thought if I, if I could get a boyfriend, if I thought if I could get a girlfriend, if I thought I can, you know, sleep around and have sex and lose my virginity, I thought if I could party it up, and if I thought I could do this, and I thought if I could make a lot of money. Yeah, Pastor Steve, your illustration about like, you know, so, like, that's why I'm not on social media, Pastor Steve. I just don't go on social media. But why do you go to the bar then? Why do you dress provocatively then? Why do you shop till you drop? Why do you consume yourself in a hobby or sport? See, we're all trying to find satisfaction somewhere. So you might not be on social media, but you dress in a certain way as to draw attention to yourself. Man, I shouldn't be doing this on Easter. No, no. I searched the world and it couldn't fill me. That's it. Man's empty praise. So just imagine after the service, I had everybody come. I just want to meet you. And you're like, oh. Such an amazing sermon. You are so anointed. 
And everybody said that. By the time I got to my office, I'd probably forgot that you even said that. And here's what I've discovered after preaching 30 years. The same people that say, Hosanna, 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 are also the same people that will crucify you the next second. So I don't live for the audience of people. I don't, honestly, it doesn't matter what people think about my preaching. Whether you like it or hate it, it doesn't matter. I'm just trying to glorify God. So man's praise is really empty. And then the, it goes on to say, and treasures that fade. Don't they? I just got a, a first time I've ever, like a new, 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 new car. A new car is amazing. It smells so good. And I, I parked it right back here and I, I parked it. And I'm like, click, click. And I'm like washing it four or five days a week. It's like, but you know what I'm talking about? It's like, crap, that's pretty good. It's incredible. Don't you eat my, you better not be eating my car. And I mean, those six months go by, you're like, Cheetos are all over the place. It's like, you, like why? Because that stuff fades, doesn't it? It fades, and that's what, that, but then you came along. He, Jesus came along. And every desire is now satisfied in your love. Ready? The book of Job. Job is an Old Testament character. He had everything, and he lost it all, and he concludes at the end of his life and says, but God is more than enough. Job. King Solomon, 700 wives. Where's the men at? Can you, can you imagine? 700 and 300 concubines. And we're talking Lamborghini, Tesla, Maserati. I mean, you have a birthday party for your kid. He's just like, hey, I'm going to have Kanye come and sing happy birthday. Like the guy had loaded, loaded money, loaded. And the end of Solomon's life is like, he had everything and he says, you know what? But without Jesus, life is meaningless. Job had everything, lost it all, but God's sufficient. Solomon had everything and realized, man, without Jesus, it's nothing. Here we are in 2021 between Job and Solomon trying to learn the same stupid stuff that they... And here it is, stop searching. Jesus Christ is what you and I are looking for. Would somebody put their hands together and give God some praise? Here we go, number three, I gotta go. I'm hungry, I gotta go. Number three, they're surprised. They're surprised. How many like surprises? Man, I like, we had a, a three days at Christmas to surprise our staff. We've never done this before, but me and my wife and my assistant Bambi, we, we just did some cool stuff and gave away gifts and had a gingerbread contest and a scavenger hunt and, and Philip came in first place. I'm still bitter, but anyhow, we gave, I, I just, I couldn't sleep the night before. I was just like, this is going to be so fun. I cannot wait to surprise our staff. And we had some cool gifts and uh, it was cool. How many like to be surprised? Like, don't, like, if, if you're going to buy me something for my birthday, hey, I bought you some new Nike. Like, why would you tell me that? I want to be surprised. Come on, let's, is this a safe place to, Okay, let me just ask you a question. How many of you as kids at Christmas, like leading up to Christmas, a couple days before, day before, two days before, you would go in your parents' bedroom, the closet, under the bed, trying to find your Christmas gifts, and you, come on, raise your hand right now, and you like to, raise your hand, come on, look at all the sinners in this room right now. You need to repent in the name of Jesus. Like, no, that was not me. I wanted to be, and is anybody pregnant having a kid? Anybody pregnant? Yeah, yeah. We, this is just my wife and I, no judgment. We wanted to be surprised with all three of the kids. So we didn't have the ultrasound. We didn't find out the sex of the baby. And I know, I know. 
Well, the reason we want to know, because like, if it's a boy, you know, before we have the boy and bring him home, we want to, you know, paint it like blue and have like cars and trucks and like sports stuff. And if it's a girl, it's going to have like fluffy stuff and pink stuff. And I'm like, who cares? The kid's too young to even know what color your room is. So we just wanted to be surprised and surprised we were. And um, I just like to be surprised. I like to give surprises. I like to be surprised. And, and so when the ladies get to the tomb, guess what? They're surprised. And they're like, they're, they're, he's not here. Why? Why? Why were they surprised? Did he not tell them? Like his whole life, I'm going to be beaten, crucified, mocked, spit on. I'm going to get, I'm, I'm going to be crucified. But then three days later, I'm going to what? Rise again. Why are you surprised that he's not there? He told you that he was going to rise again. Probably the same reason why you and I don't get surprised when God does amazing things. And I think sometimes we don't want to be surprised so we just like delete God out of our prayer list. Like, no, you're not going to do it that way. You're out of there. And he's like, no, I, I, want, to, I want to give you a surprise. You know what's interesting? The older you get, I'm old, man. The older you get, the less surprised that you are. Can I be real? I said this, like we started the church when I was 32. I said this a lot at 32, 33, 34. They would never abandon me. They would never walk out on me. I haven't said that in a long time. I used to say this at 33, 34. They would never leave our church. I haven't said that in years. Because some of the people I thought would never leave our church, gone, gone, gone. All my people, they are gone. And I say, see you. <laughs> Surprise. Surprise. But it's, it can be a positive thing too. As a young pastor, I'd be like, there's no way that guy's coming. I mean, he just got out of prison. Gang, I heard that he killed somebody. God gets a hold of him. Surprise. God does some surprisingly things. Unbelievable. Just practically. I, I like to work out. I hate lifting weights. I've always hated lifting weights. I'm a, anytime I get around a barbell, I get allergic. I break out in rashes. I hate it. Hate it. Absolutely hate it. Guess what? Kind of like it now. Surprise. He's the God of surprises. And we came to the tomb, we brought and bought spices, and surprise, he's not there. A couple years ago, a lady met me in the lobby. <laughs> she said, this is so crazy. By the way, people say the weirdest thing to pastors. Y'all are weird. She said to me, she said, you know what? You're surprisingly nice. How do you respond to that? God bless you. Dios le bendiga. I was thinking, get behind me, Satan, is what I was thinking. Like, why would you say that to me? She goes, no, no, because you're up there, you're yelling, and you're intense, and you're straightforward, and you're in your face. So I was like surprised that you're that nice. <laughs> you are weird, lady. Um, some of you came to church today. Well, some of you are watching online right now, and you're like, well, I just, it was just somebody invited me, or... I got a card or I saw it on social media. Check this out. Surprise. You're actually here for a different reason. 
No, a friend invited me, a boyfriend invited me, my parents invited me. I had no idea. I thought, I thought we were going out to lunch. Surprise. So remember I told you at the beginning of the service, I'd tell you about my testimony, having been raised in a Catholic church. Here was, this was, I never said this to anybody, but here's what I thought. Because I only went to Catholic church a couple times, and I'm not bagging on the Catholic church. I'm just saying, here was my whole goal. Steve, just endure the service. Get through it. And I felt like, like if I can get through the service, I might get like seven points. Then if I went on Easter, I might get like 13 points because that was a big day. Christmas Eve, I'd go to the Midnight Mass. Maybe I'd get like 20 points for going to church. on Just like, just trying to accrue these points to get to heaven. And all I had growing up was religion. I never had a relationship with Jesus. So my friend, we're playing basketball in college, and he says, hey, you want to come to church on Wednesday night with me? Now, how many, how many are raised in the church? I mean, it's one thing to go to church on Sunday morning, but Wednesday night? That's all the crazy people. So Wednesday, like back then. So I remember raised Catholic, and he, he just come with me. And so I walk into this, there's like 80, maybe 80 people max. They had a drum, they had drums on the stage and guitars. I'm like, help us, Jesus. We got like instruments up there. And I'm look, like, and then the music starts and I'm, I'm in the back and like, I'm looking around like, what are these people doing? Like some of you felt like that today. It looked like everybody in the building just drank like seven Red Bulls each. They're popping up all over and dancing. People, guys are lifting their hand. I'm like, what, what is going on in here? I wasn't going to the church for any other reason than just be nice to my friend who invited me. But, surprise, I came forward. Never had a relationship with Jesus, had religion, but I came forward and gave my heart to Jesus Christ. Surprise. Oh, but like if you were to ask me at like 18 and a half, hey, what are you going to do? I'm going to high school, I'm going to, I'm going to college, I'm going to get a degree, I'm going to be a basketball coach, I'm going to be the next John Wooden. That's my goal. I got saved and God's like, surprise, you're going to Bible college. Where am I going, God? I'm like, Send me to like Waikiki or something. Nope. Where am I going? Uh, you're going to go to Echo Park, California. Huh? Echo Park. Where's that? It's right near Dodger Stadium. It's... Don't go there first because you'll probably change your mind. There, boom. Surprise. And then this blonde girl in Bible college just follow me around, follow me around. I think you're cute. Follow me around. Surprise. I married a Christian Baywatch girl. And, and... Why would you clap for that? I married a Christian Baywatch girl. Um, if you would have told me, I was raised in Westlake Village. If you would have told me in high school that I would be pastoring a church in Oxnard. Because we used to think, yeah. We used to, you know what Westlake people used to think about all. Gonna plant a church there. I gotta be careful. I'm from Westlake, so I can kind of bang up. But Westlake's a lot of people. <laughs> Think they're better than everybody else. 
We used to play Thousand Oaks. They got a lot of money in Thousand Oaks. Here was our cheer at the basket. We got money. Yes, we do. We got money. How about you? So I played at Westlake. <laughs> we had police chaperone to the Channel Islands game. So we played Channel Islands. So if you would have told me I'm planting a church at Oxford, I'd be like, what? And God's like, surprise. And that we would move to Oxnard, surprise. And we love it. And our kids would go to school here, surprise. And we would start a church in 1997, surprise. And now you're coming. God loves surprises. So you just thought you came to church for, no, surprise. God's been trying to get your attention. He's been, he's been drawing you to him for a long time. A lot of people have been praying, relatives of yours, friends of yours, grandparents, been praying years and years and years for you to come to a service like this to hear about the love of God. And God's like, surprise. It's been a great day. I can't even tell you. We've had 70, 80 people go into a room to say, I want to follow Jesus. I don't know how many people online, but it's not over. The, the best part of the service is actually right now. So I'm just out of respect. Nobody needs to look around, talk to anybody near you. The Holy Spirit's here, and he's, just, he's drawing people to his son, Jesus. I, I, I really believe this with all my heart. Like, eternity right now, heaven and hell are in the balance of a lot of people's lives. Because the Bible says that basically, if you heard the message today, you are without excuse. So you can't get to heaven and go, well, nobody ever told me the only way to heaven is through Jesus. No, I'm, I'm telling you right now. So this is like very serious and a solemn. We, we, we got to sing and we got to shout. We got to do all those things and it's awesome. But this is like a serious moment where God's drawing people to his son, Jesus. People are going to make first-time commitments. The greatest decision that they've ever made is going to be happening in about 90 seconds from now. So we got to make sure we're in the right atmosphere, right posture, right, we're praying that God would move right now. And he is about to surprise some people. This is it. The Bible says, today, if you hear his voice, not talking about audible, but you hear God saying, hey, I want you to respond to my son. I want you to invite my son into your life. I want you to turn from your ways and follow Jesus. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. He says, today is the day of salvation. What, is, what does that mean, salvation? Well, God's saving us from hell. We deserve hell. One sin keeps us separated from God forever. And he's like, you don't have to go to hell. I'm going to save you from that. I'm also going to save you from a life of purposelessness on this earth. I want to save you from that. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day. To, he, he never says, hey, think about it for a couple days or a couple hours or a couple weeks or a couple months and then get back. No, no, no. Because you don't know. You can get your car, God forbid, get in your car, get in a car accident, get hit by a train, have an aneurysm. And you're going to have to stand before Jesus. And you just want, the Heavenly Father should say, what did you do with my son? I sent him for you. Not because of religion. He wants a relationship. He loves you. He loves you. Listen to me. He loves you. You're like, you don't know my story. You know, Mark chapter 16, verse 1, started out sad and sorrowful. It didn't end that way. Verse 6 says, he is risen. Your story might have started out bad. It doesn't have to end that way. 
God loves you. You're like, no, you don't know what I've done. God doesn't matter what you've done. Have you ever killed someone? Probably not. Well, the Apostle Paul, the greatest New Testament person ever outside of Jesus Christ, killed Christians before he became one. Rahab is in the Hall of Fame. She was a prostitute. Should I keep going? David committed adultery and murder. And the Bible says he was a man after God's own heart. Moses killed an Egyptian and buried him in the sand. So you're in good company. I'm in good company. It's not too late for you. Your story doesn't have to end in sorrow and sadness. There's resurrection life available with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Nobody moving around or looking around. Nothing up here you need to see. I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to the love of God. I'm going to start on my far right, the far left side of the building. And if you're saying, Steve, would you pray for me? I, I, I do. I sense Jesus kind of knocking on the door of my heart, and I want a relationship with him. I don't really understand it all. It's okay. But I want you to begin by confessing and acknowledging that you and I are both sinners. There's no way we can get to God in our own strength and power. So he sent his son to die in our place. So if you'll admit, I'm a sinner and I'm in need of a savior. Would you right now, would you, like everybody else has their head bowed and their eyes closed right now. Would you open up your eyes, lift up your head, raise your hand really high and would you look at me and by that, I want to I look at you and I want to agree with you that today begins a new day. Either this is the very first time you're saying yes to Jesus or you're coming back to him. The far left side of the building, these two sections right here. Anybody in these two sections, would you lift your hand? Would you open up your eyes and would you look at me? Go ahead and look at me. I agree with you. I agree with you. You, you. One, two, three, four, five, six. I see your hand. I'll lift it up really high. Seven, eight, nine. Amen. Let's go to the middle section. Thank you. Put your hands down. I agree with you. I agree with you. Anybody else in the middle section? I agree. 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 There's two of you in the back. I see both of you in the back. Anybody here in this section right here? I agree with you, ma'am. Thank you. There's a couple people behind you. One, two, three, four, five, six in this section. Thank you. And then finally, my far left, the far right side. Anybody in these sections right over here? Just go and lift up your hand. Nothing to be ashamed of. Nothing to be scared of. Nothing to be embarrassed of. I agree with you. Agree with you. I agree. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Anybody else? Just go and lift up your hand. I see your hand, man. In Jesus' name. I want everybody in the room, not just those that said yes to the Lord for the first time or rededicated the life. Everybody, as loud as you can hear yourself, would you repeat after me, Father in heaven, today, on April 4th, 2021, I turn from my sins, I turn from my ways, and I say yes to Jesus Christ. Jesus, come into my heart. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that you are the Savior, you are the healer, you are the deliverer. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen. Would you stand to your feet? Hey, I'm Steve Abraham, the pastor of New Life Oxnard. Thank you for watching our YouTube channel. You can join us live every Sunday for a new sermon and live worship. Also, be sure to take a minute to subscribe and turn on your post notifications so you don't miss any of our new videos or live streams. And please share with a friend. And if you would like to partner with us in furthering the gospel, please click the link below. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for watching and God bless you.